Our guest today is Patrick Hardy. He is the principal at the Proviso East High School. <laughs> Got it right. <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, Patrick, would you, for our listeners, tell us a little bit about yourself mm-hmm. and um, a little bit about the work that you're doing and what brings you to the Aurora Institute this year? Cool. My name is Dr. Patrick Hardy. I get the pleasure of leading the Proviso East <laughs> High School um, out in Maywood, Illinois, as principal there. Um, this is my fifth year as the principal at Proviso East, but I've been a principal for something like 19 years wow. now. Um, and I've uh, been in education for over 20 years. Um, and mine is a, it's a school that's on one of those wonderful state watch lists. Oh. It, it was a failing school when I took over. Whatever that means, you know, these constructs we create to tell a whole community you have a failing school. Um, but it's one of the reasons our team came together. Um, we've been transitioning from traditional education to a personalized competency-based model mm-hmm. for now three years. Uh, we did a small pilot um, three years ago. My freshman courses and my sophomore courses are all now wall-to-wall competency-based. Wow, um, we'll roll up, obviously, for the next two years. Um, we partner with Marzano Academies and uh, get some great coaching and some work there that really has helped frame and give us a real clear direction on where we want to go. This conference, I hope that's obvious as to why we're at the um, Aurora Institute, um, Institute Conference. <laughs> Good job. Uh, um, uh, to just try to learn more. Um, right. No presentations. No, we just want to sit and absorb and learn. Fantastic. That's one of the best ways yeah. to be yeah. here, actually. Is yeah. to just be here to take it in. That's right. So what have been some of the takeaways for you so far? Um, so far, um, I think I would describe it in, in a couple of ways. One, the positive side is a lot of affirmations. Yeah. Um, I brought three teachers with me, and uh, that's important for me uh, to make sure we spread the wealth and get people access mm-hmm. to others that are doing the work. And it was nice for them to be able to say, um, wow, we do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're not at a beginning stage. We don't claim to be experts at right. this work. Um, but it was so cool to sit at, you know, the dinner table or at the lunch table or in the car and, and hear that confidence level yes. uh, begin to come up. Because let's be honest, public education is notoriously resistant to change. Yes. And it was never designed for the kids that we serve. Right. Right? It, 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 that's not what the system was designed for. Right. And so to find a way to go after a systemic change while not doing damage to the heart and souls of the teachers that teach kids, yeah. that's important to me. Yeah. So just letting them come here and just jump in, that's been really cool. And those, those are some real cool affirmations. So, and then some of the knowledge we're gaining is also affirming, but also challenging us around our language, around things like pacing. That's uh-huh. something we're, we've shared and have to continue to share. At Provisories, for example, we say students learn at a negotiated pace Uh with gradual release. We don't say students learn at their own pace. That has a lot of implications, especially for a 14-year-old you just told that to. This is true. So (laughs) things like that are really good takeaways, like, hey, keep working on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, so I'm wondering about, so this is your third year. Yeah. Um, and so the pilot, was it the whole ninth grade or was it just? No, see, okay. when I went to college, they said, don't be stupid. Right. Right. So <laughs> I am not one of those well, crazy administrators, right? Yeah, okay. And so, yeah, they teach that. It's actually in the curriculum. Don't be a stupid <laughs> administrator. Stupid. And so, uh, um, in all honesty, our leadership team knew, or we believed, we took right. the stance that trying to do an all-in approach, which is typical of education, let's put the Common Core on everyone all at once. Let's apply this law on everyone all at once. Oh, we all went to a workshop, let's learn, let's do it all at once. We didn't take that approach. So four years ago, we had a design team that designed the work. We piloted the work with 17. I know it's an odd number. There's a long story you don't have time for that how we arrived at 17. And some of it was a financial decision. 17 teachers piloted the work that that was designed a year prior, over the course of a year prior. And then we rolled out to ninth and 10th graders based on our learnings from that very small pilot of 17 teachers. So how many teachers are in the school? Um, I have 117, please don't quote me on that, 117 (laughs) teachers, about 117 teachers. Wow, so how did that go? Um, Are you finding that the other teachers are embracing the change or how is that going? Yeah, uh, that's a great question. Wow. Um, We don't believe in buy-in. Now, whoever's listening to this is probably going crazy right now. Right. But we've been waiting on buy-in in public education for decades, and we're not going to get it. Some districts aren't going to get it from their bargaining units. Some yeah. some districts aren't going to get it from parents. And I love it when we said we say we should get kids buy-in on technical instructional issues. Mm. Right? Like, really? So we look. We talk about how do we have a coalition of the willing, yeah. and how do we add to it each year. Okay. So we started with seventeen. We put out the regist- We put out the registration for our um, professional development for that first year. My secretary came and said, "Dr. Hardy, you got to cut off registration." I said, "Why? We only have twenty-three ninth-grade teachers. I mean, it's not hard." That's yeah. the pe- she said. You have fifty people signed up, wow. and so that coalition grew. Tremendously. So, yes, we are officially ninth and 10th grade, but we have upper grade teachers providing CBE instruction, even though they have to do some traditional things at the end of the year. Then it grew from those 50 to last summer's PD. We had 100 people show up for the PD when we only thought we were going to add 10 10th grade teachers. So um, the coalition is growing. Sorry so for the long answer. What did no? It's a fantastic answer because now everyone wants to know what what happened. What what did the teachers do to get yeah. you know? Or was it the learners? Like yeah. what happened to get that coalition yeah, to grow? To, to get me? it to grow. You just have to, in, in our opinion, in my opinion, you simply have to figure out what people are passionate about. Yeah. Our the, we're, you know, in education, we're quick to go out, throw out theory. Yeah. And we rely on instinct. Right. And we're the only industry that does that. Mm-hmm. Try that when your pilot says, we're going to fly you back home, but we're not going to follow any of the principles of aerodynamics. Like we're the only industry that says, let's just go and get instinct, get through the day. So there are theories of human motivation, whether it's Maslow or Ford, and you have to find out what motivates people. What do they, what lights up their passions? And so the coalition may not always be around one big thing, CBE. But you may have people in the coalition because they're passionate about differentiation. They're passionate about blended learning. They're passionate about, you see what I'm saying? Yes. And so your coalition, yeah. now I'm not totally with you on yeah. this whole um, one, two, three, four, 
and I really like this idea of meeting my students' needs where they are. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go with you on the one, right, two, three, right, four, right, right. because you got me on the thing that really lights up my passions. Right. And so we spend a lot of time with people yeah. and we just talk and we try to figure out where are they yeah. and where can we get them plugged in to the work so that they're in the coalition. And for some reason, that seems to be working a little bit for us. Now, yeah. don't get me wrong. It doesn't mean there's not resistance. Of course. And it doesn't mean course. people may not be faking it. But well, y'all just keep faking it. Exactly. You fake it till you make it. <laughs> right? And when you're a rock star, 50% is just showing up. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. they'll get there. Exactly. So, it's, you said you've been a principal for a very long time. And what was the work like before this transformation with Proviso East. Sure. Sorry, with the Proviso East. Thank you. I was about to walk, boy, I was going to walk know, away. I <laughs> um, I was, I was, um, forgive my crass and forward language, but prior to Proviso East, I was a liar. And I knew I was a liar. I stood before communities at arenas and in other places and at this culminating event called a graduation. I made some statement like, I'd like to certify to the Board of Education and the community and the superintendent that the students before you have met the requirements for graduation. Right. And I knew every year I said that, that I was about to shake the hands of students who had D's and F's, right. low C's, that they did some extra credit at the last minute yeah, yeah, to yeah. get. And the teacher, you know, bleeding heart teacher gave them credit for this extra stuff. Yep. And soon I'm going to give a speech where I say the Board of Education, superintendent, parents, I'd like to certify that the students who are before you today are competent. And I look forward to being able to, for the first time, make a statement that is that powerful. And so um, I, that's what we're all looking forward to, yeah. where we can stand at graduation and say, now it's authentic. Yeah. And so before, I don't want to say it was inauthentic because it's an insult to some of the great teachers and administrators sure. I've met along the way, but if they ever hear this, they know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah they do. Yeah, I don't think it's, <laughs> they I know think it's, what I mean. I don't think it's personal. I think that's no. just the way the system was. That, right. That's, it was designed to do exactly that thing, that's right. and those kids on the edge, that's right. we wanted just to help them out because mm -hmm. that's who we are as educators, mm -hmm. but it wasn't helping them. No. Yeah. And we didn't have a system in place to do anything about it. That's right. So I really like the fact that you found a place yeah. that is doing that work. Yep. And I'm still amazed by the, the not buy-in, but you still have all these teachers. That's right. Uh, I, would, I was thinking of, of my experience going through that. And you know, I liked some of the, the personalized learning stuff that sure, I learned about, sure. but I didn't like all of it at first. Mm -hmm. uh, now I'm obviously uh, sold out. Selling yeah. on this sold out. That's right. Sold out. That's right. But I would have been one of those people that said, well, I like some of it, but it's not for me. Right. As opposed to what you described was, I'll go with you on this, but I still don't like some of it. I just don't know, but I like that part. Right. And that you've got, you've already got them on a tipping point. I think, I think I want to be the type, there is a, there is a connotation to buy in. Mm -hmm. it, for, for a lot of people, if you think about it, it means agreement. Yeah. Right. And I thought we were all taught that great leaders want people around them who disagree. So if you're seeking buy-in, which we then start trying to figure out how to measure, yeah. well, what, what percentage of your teachers bought in? So now yeah. I got this really ridiculous list of questions in a Likert scale survey right. that I'm trying to ask. So I can measure for somebody who needs to know, yes, 80% <laughs> of my teachers have bought in. It's like, we created these ridiculous. Okay, so anyway, my point was that, <laughs> so my point was that, uh, What's wrong with a person saying 
in a thinking and learning organization, I disagree. And let me tell you why. It's right. an informed opinion. And then us finding a way forward through through that that this little book, some people call it the Bible. I don't want to do that to you all right now. But it talks about this idea of iron sharpens iron. You can't sharpen iron with a piece of cotton. So this soft, I agree with everything you're doing. But what about, you know, this clash of iron? And at the end of it, you got a two-edged sword, and that's dangerous to a public education system that has failed kids in mass over and over. I'd rather carry a sword than a piece of cotton if I'm going to enter this work. So sharpen me. Make me better and make us think about the work with the type of depth that is going to make us all better so that we go to battle with a two-edged sword, not a piece of cotton. Patrick, thank you. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank you very much. Right.